Today's daf is daf kuf aleph. We are going to start the Mishnah at the bottom of kuf amid bay. Zog the Heliga Mishnah. Hamim ma'enes. is a ktana that got married not under the jurisdiction, the Torah right of the father, but either got married through a brother or her mother. Chachamim established the ability to marry her as a ktana. Very interesting is because they felt that, especially when there is no father around, that these girls were uh, subject or susceptible to be taken advantage of. And therefore, the... Uh, they they said that it's better for her to have some uh, form some form of marriage, there, and uh, it would be preferable than to to be not having any type of uh, parameters. So they created a rabbinical marriage, and the way they showed there was only a rabbinical marriage is that they built in that you can have miyun. Mun is the right of refusal. That until she becomes a gedola, she could just say ef she be ishzu and I and walk away. So the point that's going to be made over here is a woman is a mema'enes, She loses the right to collect her ksuva because if she's mema'enes, why should the husband terminate that? That becomes the termination of the marriage. It was if there was no marriage, there's going to be no collection of ksuva under those circumstances. We'll see. Mema'enes. Ashnia. Ashnia is one of the Arias de Rabbonon. We spent much time on this in Yavamis, where you have the situation where a woman is, uh, is, is, uh, the, the grandmother means they're not the Torah Arias. The Chachamim added layers. They're secondary Isurim. That's why they're called Shnios. And they're only Osir Midrabonon. Now, since they're only Osamid Rabbonon, the way the Chachamim also showed that they're only Osamid Rabbonon, that if a person marries these women and then gets divorced to them, so then the, uh, the, 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 the normal halachas of marrying a woman that would be an erva mina Torah, normally that disqualifies the woman from the kahuna. It normally, uh, the children become disqualified. But those are not, since it's only a shniyad rabbanon, they did not add that level of severity to it. Which means that under normal circumstances, there's a built-in prevention from a from an erva standpoint marrying someone that she's not allowed because she doesn't want to mess herself up or her children. So they did not have to add additional penalties under that circumstance because there's already a fail-safe, there's already a barrier prevention from this happening. By the Shneer, because nothing happens to her, nothing happens to her children, so therefore she is got nothing preventing her from having the relationship. And it's very interesting. The, the, the Chachamim felt that when she is not being prevented by something happening to her children, then we put more of the blame on her encouraging the man to go through with it. They said she's in control more. Her I do has got more leverage than the man. And therefore the penalty is more heavily on her. And the way they show that that penalty is more heavily on her, she also will not collect exuva. We're talking about here primarily the monomer she will not collect on the termination of that marriage. 
All right. Third case is the islandess. A person marries a woman, and and what ends up happening is she does not develop the secondary characteristics that allow her to have children. So the islandess is like literally a, a ram. She's a female ram. She like she stays a male. She doesn't develop into a female. So in such a case. Also, we're going to see it has a din like a mekachtos. He didn't know that that was there. And she does not have the right to collect <coughs> ksuva. Right. Ain ksuva. So these three are the categories we're dealing with. Now, velopeiros. Raja brings down two shot in velopeiros. Uh, I'll just say the first one because of the time. So that means they don't have the din of peiros. Peiros is what the man eats. Right. But because he eats the peiros, he's obligated to bury, uh, to, to redeem her if she gets kidnapped. Because of payros, pirkunots, tachas payros, means he eats the payros, she gets kidnapped, he has to pay the ransom. And therefore, the halacha is that she does not have the condition of the ksuba, that condition, the way he eats the payros, she gets the, uh, he, uh, she can ask to get the money from him for ransom, that is also removed. So the, the way, uh, the Ran and, 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 uh, explains this is that means as follows. What, what is going to be the case in Mema'enis? Why? If she has not been Mema'enis yet, then he is obligated. And if she already was Mema'enis, then what's the Havamina that now there's no more marriage? So he says the case would be is that let's say a woman, before she was Mema'enis, got kidnapped, a, a girl got kidnapped, and they borrowed money to ransom her. Generally, the man would be obligated to pay back the ransom. But let's say in the interim... She was Mema'enes. Oh. So then in that case, the man would not have to pay the ransom. So that's the, the way the, uh, the Ron explains this. Okay. So, the low payros. Velomazonos, veloblos. So what that means, lomazonos means, also the man is not responsible, uh, they, le- they cannot force him to pay for mazonos. In the case, again, let's take the case of the islands, so the outward mean, let's say the man left Medina Sayyam. And they borrowed money to feed her. And then when he came back, she was Mema'enes. They cannot go back and make him pay for the Mazonos after that Mi'un happened. Even though when she was eating the Mazonos, it was before the Mi'un happened. That would be the example that would have... And you get the same example would be for the islandess. Before you found out she's an islandess. And then after you found out the islandess, you can give the same, the same, the, the same situation. Um, in the case of the Shnia, it would be that he's not has enough to give Mazonos while they're actually married. That's the penalty. There's no Mazonos. For low blows. Now blows, we're going to have a whole sugya on uh, later on today. But blows means that there is some type of clothing that was brought into the marriage that the husband wore that the remnants, we'll talk about what those remnants are, that she does not collect the remnants. We'll see what that means. Are we talking about, we'll discuss, is it Nixay Maluk? Is it Nixay Tzon Barzel? Is there anything left? Is there nothing left? Those are all discussions we're going to have later on. Mm. Okay, now, let's go weiter. Sigmora so says as follows, that, uh, uh, that, uh, our Mishnah, the gifts of our Mishnah was Mema'enes doesn't collect a ksuva. Rav, Tani, Rav, in his version of the Mishnah, when he taught the Mishnah, he actually... Oh, I'm sorry, did I skip something over here? Uh, oh, I'm sorry, if, if the person married her and realized that she was an islandess when he went into the marriage, means he was told that this woman is an islandess, so in islandess, then you can't tie her anymore because that's, that's already an acceptance that you had, marriage is binding, the ksuva is binding. 
Now, Almana Lakan, God of Bishmachalut Lakan, Hediot, Bamzez and Asino Yisrael, Basisol and Nazal and Mamzer. These are all cases, in most of them, they're actually Isurei Doiraisa. There is one of them, the Chalutza, the Grusha is Lakan, is also to a coin. A Chalutza, according to most, uh, Rishon, and there are some that learn, there's some, that there's sheets in the Gemara that's Doiraisa, but even go with the ones that are Durabonan, they made it Kein Doiraisa, and therefore, in these cases, they were built in barriers to stop the woman from getting married. It disqualifies her. It makes the children halolim. So therefore, in this case, they put the, 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 the penalty on the husband, not on the wife. Because the assumption is that if this case, if the woman is doing it, it's because the husband is coercing her into doing it. So in this case, they put the penalty. Therefore, they did not take away her ksuva, but they actually said, yesh lahem ksuva, there is a ksuva, as opposed to the case that we had earlier. Let's go weiter. So it says like this. In the Mishnah, it says that a mema'enes does not have a ksuva. Now, the simple understanding was that a mema'enes is on, on, a, on, a, on a Torah level be like a moredes. A woman that runs away or rebels, she loses a ksuva. A mema'enes is like running away also. But, uh, but uh, Rav learned the Gersa in the Mishnah even stronger. He learned that, that this is part of the idea that this is not really a derisa marriage. That it only becomes a derisa marriage once she becomes an adult and they have relations that she consents to and he agrees that it's going to be part of continuing the marriage. Then it becomes derisa. So therefore, up till that point, they said that this is really considered to be only a pseudo-marriage. It's not a real marriage. And therefore, even if he's megarisher, ain't like suva. So we had in the Algiers of the Mishnah was which is Mashma only because she's running away. But if he was Megara Shoei, then there would be a Ksuva. Rav learned his Gersa was that a Grusha of a Ktana, which is only a condition to Rabbanon, and so Kol Shekane, then if she would be a Mema'enes, there wouldn't be a Ksuva. So let's see it inside. So one says like this. <coughs> So, uh, so Rav learned is that, uh, Rav Tani, Kitana Yotza Beget, that a Kitana, in our case, not a Daraisa Kitana, because that would be a father, but a mother or the brother, Yotza Beget, Eilak Suva, Vakol Shekeim, Mema Enes. And Shmuel Tani and Shmuel learned, Mema Enes, like our Mishnah, Eilak Suva, Aval Yotza Beget, that, that's considered to be like, even though it's Durabon and marriage, but it follows the general rules. The only difference is that there's a concept of Miyun. But if you don't do Miyun and you do a regular get, the husband divorces her through get, then the halacha in such a case would be what? Yesh laksuva. So therefore, aval yotzba get yesh laksuva. For as the Shmuel Shmuel ruled, he made a couple of rulings that follow the reasoning that he just gave. What are the rulings he gave? To Amar Shmuel. Shmuel said, This Kedushektana, the only way you know there's something different is because there is a concept of miyun. Mema'enes ain't laksuva. But yotzba get, but it should be yotzba get, it follows the regular rules of get. And the regular rules of get would be that when you give a get to your wife, Yes, you have to give suva. What's that? Mitrabonon. But you have to give mitrabonon. Also, mima'enes lo poslo mina achin. The difference is like this: is that if you marry a woman and divorce her, you now are not allowed to. Ma- you, you're not allowed to marry. Uh, she's not allowed to marry your brothers, right? The, and you're not allowed to marry her sisters because that if you mima'enes, mima'enes is retroactively it annuls it. So then those relationships are no longer prohibited. So mima'enes. Ain lak suva. Oh, sorry. Mema'enes paslam ina achin. Lak paslam ina achin. For lak paslam ina kahuna. Also, you're not. She's not a grusha. So therefore, she's allowed to marry a kohen. 
All right, if it's Yotza Beget, then it already takes on a concept of a marriage. So then, Paslamina Achimet, Mimidrabanon, she'll be asked to marry the brothers. Paslamina Kahuna, and again, Mimidrabanon, she won't let her be married at Beild Akar. Mimaenis, Enet Zirchanam, Tishloshachadashim. A Ketana we learned in the sense of Yavamas cannot get pregnant. There was a concept of after termination of a marriage, you have to have Shloshim Chodashi Havchano. Three months to make sure that she's not pregnant so that we don't have a question who it be. And they said that Zerup lied. Even to the Grusha, the Gerushin of a Ketana. But it's if a Mema'enes, Mema'enes is not even the marriage, therefore you don't need to wait the Shlosha, uh, the Shkadashim for Havchana. What's that? Mema'enes was no marriage. Since there was no marriage, there was no marriage. Ketana can't be pregnant. So therefore, that's the whole point here. Ketana can't be Why? Because that's the reality. Ketana can't be pregnant. But, so therefore, if there's no marriage, it's not a, it's not, it does not the, 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 the uh, din was for Grusha has to wait for Chodashim Ma'enes is not a Grusha she's not considered married at all so therefore Yotza the Get Tzircha Lahamdin Gnamel Chodashim so Gmona says like this so my Kamash Malan why is Shmuel Shmuel's an Amora why does he have to teach me these halachas each one of these halachas the one's going to go through seems to be explicit Mishnayas if they're Beferish Mishnayas there seems to be no need for Shmuel to teach me let's go through them first of all Tanina Kulu we learned all of these things in the Mishnayas. What is the Chiddush? He says like this. First of all, uh, That's, uh, and also, That's a Mishnah. That's exactly the same thing that Shmuel said. Also, Nasan Laget, who also Bekrovaseo, Vyasur Bekrovav, Uposlamina Kahuna. Also the same from the Mishnah. Alright? Says the Gemara, you're right. The First two rulings were not necessary. They only they, Shmuel bundled them together because they 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 conformed in terms of the way he wanted to teach them. But really, the only one that was necessary is the last ruling because that's not clear in the Mishnah. Because in the Mishnah we find that a ktana that's a grusha requires shlosha chadashim. But we don't have the ruling of what happens if she was Mema'enes. That's what Shmuel comes along to teach us, and he just bundled these three halachas together. But the only one that's really necessary is the third ruling that he taught us. Nasan Laget, who also B'Krav Yisav, I know, I skipped over here, that's also not needed. Nasan Laget, who also B'Krav Yisav, he Nasan B'Krav Yisav, it's also Bas Mekuna. So what is needed? Tzrich Alahamtish, Lashach Hadashim, Itzrich Leh, that's what's necessary. The low Tanan, because that's not written in the Mishnah, and that Shmuel himself is teaching us. Weiter. Says the Gemara, so we have here a sophisticated machlokas between Rav and Shmuel. According to Shmuel, a Kedusha Ketana Midrabonon has all of the bells and whistles of a regular marriage. All those Allah, the only one uh, loophole that was put into it to show that it's not really a derise, it's only Drabonon was what? Is that you have a concept of miyun. But otherwise, if you do anything else, you do get, you need ksuva. Rav came along and said, no, that it's only a condition Drabonon, condition Drabonon, Rashi calls it, it's like, only it's like pitui. It's mafata. Yeah, we understand there's a gro- greater social good to have this man marry this woman in this stage because it protects her from the other things, I understand. But Lamai says it's not really midra- a marriage, and therefore since it's not a marriage, even if he gives her a get, Shmuel, uh, Rav said, there was no ksuvas. That was the machlokas. Says the word, that seems to be a machlokas tanoim. We're going to bring down a machlokas tanoim here that seems to follow the same logic between Rav and Shmuel. Let's see.
Lemekatanoi. It says like this. Rabbi Leizer Omer, Ein Maisiktana Klum. Rabbi Leizer said that the actions of Ektana are not considered to have any type of impact. Ve'ein Balazak Metzios. And therefore, if a man marries Ektana Midrabbonon, he doesn't get to collect her Metzios, the findings. We said, remember, Shum Eva, the Chachomim said that she turns over. No, that doesn't apply by Kedush Ektana. Right again, Kedusha Ketana, that's not a deraisa. They are Kedusha deraisa, that's what we're not talking about. And also, he cannot demand that she turn over her Maisiyadayim, right? She cannot turn over, demand that he turn over the Maisiyadayim to her, that, that, that he has entitled to her handiwork. He also cannot be made for her Nadarim, right? The din, that's, a, that's, that's a right that's given on a Kedusha de Raisa. That's not a right given on a Kedusha de Rabbonon. The Eina Yarsha. And if she dies, he doesn't inherit her. And Eina Metamala. And if he's a Kohen, he doesn't go to the Beisak Faros if she dies. Klala shall davar, the, 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 the primary, uh, the fundamental concept that is, 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 is generating these laws is, is Eina Ki'ishta davar. She's really not like his wife. It's not, it, this is a societal permit as opposed to being viewed as a marriage. And therefore the only thing is, well it's not a real marriage, but you still need, at least you need a miyun to terminate this type of arrangement. Now, this clearly seems to go, this is the Rebbe Liazir, and who does this seem to follow? It seems to follow like Rav, because Rav said it's not a marriage. If you give or get, you don't need a ksuva. Is this also true if the father marries her? No, I just said I made that distinction. Father marries a Kedushin de Rais, so this is only where it's only Kedushin de Rabon. Now, Rabbi Yeshua disagrees with, uh, with Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yeshua, I'm a Maizek Tanaklum. What are you talking about? There is, the Chachamim gave significance to the actions of the Ketana. Ubal, Zach, Metziah, it follows the, right, the norms of, of marriage. The husband gets her Metziah, Umaiseh, gets his Maizek He can even make for her Nadarim, for Yarsha, and inherits her. Metamal is a Kohen, he goes to the exact forest. Klaus shall davar, what the, 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 the fundamental principle over here is, Harei that she is considered to be a full marriage, except that to show it's only Drabon, it's Motziah Bimun. Now, the Rishonim deal with the fact that there's two cases, two things over here that need to be explained. Number one, Hafaras Nadarim, Hafaras Nadarim Lechora, assuming that a, a Peuta, a woman below Bas Mitzvah, that her Nadarim are binding, Lechora, how can the husband be made for? The right of the husband to be made for is the right of a husband. But if this is not really a condition to then how could it be made for? So that's problem number one. So the Rishonim answer that is that we're going to learn Merit Hashem in the next Masech, the Masech Nadarim, right in Torah, I think it's next, is that, uh, that one of the Svaras why a husband's able to make for Nadarim is because Isha then when she makes the nether, she has in mind that my husband has the right to be mefer. So therefore, this Rabbi Yeshua holds that even though Minat Torah is not really a Kedushin Deiraisa, but that logic is still a valid logic, so you, and therefore that gives him the right to be able to make from the Dorim. The other problem is very problematic if he's a Kohen, so I understand, Rabbi Yeshua says she can't, he can't go to the basic Kvaras because really there's no marriage. But how can Rabbi Yeshua allow him to go to the basic forest for a marriage, which is really a marriage to Rabbonon, it's not a marriage to Raisa, so how could you go to the... So, so the Rishonim answer is that Rabbi Yeshua considers like a mace mitzvah, because everybody sees this man married to this girl. They don't make the cheshbin to Raisa, so they say, who should be taking care of her? 
the husband. So no one's going to be on a mitzvah. So therefore, it gets a din of a mace mitzvah. A Kohen's allowed to go for a mace mitzvah. But anyway, the point is that Lema, let's say, Rav de Amakrabili has a Rav who says there's no get suva by get, who seems to say that this is not a valid, we don't look at it as a real marriage, seems to would follow the reasoning of Rabbi Eliezer. And Shmuel de Amar, Shmuel says, no, it's really, ostensibly, it's a marriage for all things except for the fact that there's Miun. That clearly goes with the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. So therefore, this is Rav and Shmuel, is Machlokas, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yeshua. So Rav de Amar, Rabbi Eliezer, and Shmuel de Amar, Rabbi Yeshua. Says the Gemara like this, Aliva de Rabbi Eliezer, that there's a very misleading terminology, but it says that according to Rabbi Eliezer, everybody agrees that there's no machlokas. I mean, there's no. What that means is that everyone agrees there's no machlokas. It could only go like Rav. That's what it means. Oh. Means according to Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer, there's no question. In Ra- Ra- the only one who could rule like Rabbi Eliezer is Rav, because Rabbi Eliezer takes it to the extreme. There's bechlal not a marriage over here. The only one that can conform with that is Rav, because Rav shows us on some level he agrees that there's no marriage here because there's no ksuba. So Rav could rule like Rabbi Eliezer. Now what the Gemara is going to say we don't agree with is in Rabbi Yeshua, because you wanted to say Rabbi Yeshua can only the only one who can align himself with Rabbi Yeshua is. Shmuel, I'm going to show you that even Rav, Rav could also pass in like Rabbi Yeshua as well. And that's what we're going to prove. So says the one like this. He says, I'll keep Ligi where there will be a Machlokas Rav and Shmuel. I mean, there's no Machlokas Rav and Shmuel in Rabbi Lazar. That's clear cut. It's slam dunk. Where there will be a Machlokas is in the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. Now, Shmuel, Rabbi Yeshua, Shmuel's no problem holding like Rabbi Yeshua. Shmuel holds that this is considered to be a valid marriage, and therefore, therefore, when you give a get, there's a ksuva, and then of course, that the husband gets uh, her metzias, he can be made from the daughter, all those things Shmuel could hold like. The problem is going to how to explain Rav, according to Rabbi Yeshua. How can Rav hold, I hold, that it's not a real marriage, that means if you give a get, she doesn't get a ksuva. But then, if, it, that, if it's not a real marriage concerning that, then why is it a real marriage that the husband gets her metzia and the husband oh, gets her... Why? How can Rav explain that? So Gemara says like this. So says the Gemara, Rav says like this, Ad kan lakam Rabbi Yeshua hasam Shmuel, that Rav... Uh, uh, Rabbi Shua's rulings, if you take a look, Rabbi Shua's rulings are all one-sided. They all of the items that the man benefits from the woman. What are the rights the man gets from the woman? He gets her mitzias, he gets her maizyadayim, it can be made for her nadarim. All of the rights and benefits that the husband has as a husband, those they conferred on him as a husband. He says, the other way, what she gets from him, which is ksuva, that is lost. Now let's explain what's the logic behind that. The logic behind that is we are asking a man to do something that we say is a benefit for society. What's the benefit of society? Take this girl in and protect her. Now, in order to do that, there has to be incentives to do this. If you tell the guy, you have no benefits in terms of doing this, what incentive does he have to do it? So we can't take anything away from him. So we don't take the things away from him. But we still need to show that it's really only a Drabon and marriage, it's not a real marriage. So therefore, she loses the Ksuba. What's that? What's that? No, again, remember, it says only if she did me and she can't go back and get the debt. We weren't talking, that's how I explained the Ron said before. It wasn't talking about as while they're married. It means if he went to Medina Sayyam and she took out a loan for Mazonas and then she did Miyun, she can't go back and collect it. That's how the Ron explained the case over there. Okay, so the point is that's, so even, Zarav says, 
I could still hold like Rabbi Yeshua and I could hold that there's no ksuva. It's not, one is taking away her rights, the other one is conferring rights to him and there's no contradiction. So it says the more like this. He says that uh, if you look at Rabbi Yeshua, says Rav, these are all things that go from uh, her to him. The things that go from him to her, boy, that Rabbi Yeshua would agree that those things, we still need to show that it's not a marriage, it's not a real marriage, and that's how we show that it's not considered to be a real marriage, and in fact, the fact that she's invoking her right of Mion, she doesn't deserve to get those things, fine. Are we changing the way we understood Shmuel, or Shmuel just kept it quiet? Shmuel's fine, Shmuel's fine, Shmuel can only fit like Rabbi Yeshua, Shmuel can only fit like Rabbi Yeshua, Shmuel cannot go like Rabbi Eliezer. Rav could go, no, Rav is saying, the question is how broad Rav, when Rav said it's not a real marriage how broad does he hold it's not a real marriage even the way like Rabbi Eliezer said or he's only limiting in the way he said it's only like the Ksuba it's not a real marriage he, his statement was only regarding the Ksuba that's all he said he didn't talk about anything else we don't know what he would hold the other things okay says more like this okay now we're getting into another sugya it says in the Mishnah that the din is that blows Blaos is, uh, is, 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 means remnants, uh, scraps, things that are left over. Now, in order to understand this, let's just, just put some clarity on, on, on the matter here. There are different types of assets that a woman can bring into the marriage. There is, one is called Nixay Malug. Nixay Malug, what she brings in Nixay Malug, that's not actually written into the Ksuva. It's not written into the Ksuva. It's a condition that the Chachamim put into the marriage, is that the husband has what's called usufructory rights. The rights of Peros, and he then has to redeem her if she gets kidnapped. That's the, but what, what does that mean? That means that, let's say she brought in properties, he can manage those properties, collect the rent or the payrolls from it, but the actual asset itself, the Karen, is hers. And he does not have a right to deteriorate or deplete the actual property. That is hers. He has a right of usage, but it's her, but it's her property. That's called Nixay Malug. Nixay Tzon Barzel, it's ironclad. Ironclad means as soon as it comes into the marriage, whatever she brings in is estimated. It's usually it's like part of the Nadunya, the Nadun. It's, it's, you, you put down a number and it's his. He can do what he wants. You want to burn it, burn it. It's his to use completely. The only thing is that if the marriage terminates, he divorces or predeceases her, that amount assuming the asset is no longer in existence, is going to be returned. So one thing we have to figure out over here, when we say that she loses remnants, are we talking about remnants that are the remnants of Nixet Son Barzil? Are we talking about remnants of Nixet Malug? The other thing we have to discuss over here, when it says over here, blows, blows could mean one of two things. Blows could mean that there is something left. There is something left. Uh, it was a thousand dollar suit, and now you have fifty dollars worth of shmatas left. Or law sometimes can mean that the way of saying there's nothing left, and the only the obligation to pay for it remains. So what are we actually talking about over here when we talk about the, 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 the blows? So that's what we're going to, we have to clarify both things. Are we talking about that A, is it Sombars or Malug? And was there anything left? Or there's nothing left? And the question is, does he have to, re, re, uh, 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 does he have to compensate her for what it was? That's our discussion here. Let's see. So says the more like this. Blows. The low blows, that, 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 that these three women do not collect blows at the termination of the, of the marriage. So, I'm a little Rav Kahana. So, Rav Huna told Rav Kahana 
Amart Lon Mishmei Shmuel, you have told us a halacha in the name of Shmuel. That what did Shmuel say? Lo shonu ela. That this law that is being taught is only referring to nichse malug. It's clothing that was brought in as nichse malug. Now, in order to understand this, let me just give you the, this opinion holds. This is going to be the opinion the way that we're going to bring down a dissenting opinion at the end. This opinion holds that clothing that's been brought in as nichse malug does not allow the husband to wear it unilaterally. Because the husband only has a right of use of fruit to rights. He does not have a right to deplete or diminish the acid. And therefore by wearing the clothing, actually he's in violation, he's diminishing the acid. What he should do is sell it and with the money, buy land or buy an acid that he could use without depleting it. So this opinion holds Taka that when you bring in clothing as nichse malug he would not have the right to go ahead and use it. But anyway, the point is over here we're talking about begodim that's talking about the blows of begodim of nixamalug where the husband would have been ushered to wear it and he did anyway and therefore what it's telling you is even though he is in violation and he wore it she cannot at the termination of the marriage come along and say pay me for it because you didn't have a right to deplete the acid however which is her acid Nisetan Bible, which is her acid, okay, in such a case, Isla, she is able to take. It's hers for taking. She's allowed to collect on the Nixetan Barzel. So therefore, the Achidosh over here that blows, she cannot collect on, is talking about Nixay Malug. But if the, but, but, but if it be Nixetan Barzel says, uh, Shmuel, in such a case, the woman would be allowed to collect. Now, Havi Bar Rav Papa. Rav Papa had difficulty with this. Because remember, there's three cases in the Mishnah. What are the three cases again? You have a, uh, a, a Ma'enes, you have a, um, a Shnia, and you have a uh, Kitana. Which of the three cases, an, 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 I'm sorry, an Islandist. Which of the three cases was Shmuel making this distinction that it's only talking about Nixit Son Barzel, and it's not talking about, uh, it's only talking about Nixit Son and it's not talking about Son Barzel. Which case was it? So therefore, so if you're talking about he says like this, if these clothing were intact, mean these clothing are there. So then, this is a ketana. What, what, what svara could there be that the ketana, even if she's mema'enes, but to penalize her and not allow her to take either the tzon barzel or the melug that are intact, what would be the svara to, that, that we could say, no, penalty, you can't take them. Why? Because she gave the, the right of meal which you gave her, she went ahead and did. It would not make sense that if they're both intact, that she would be able to take it. Can't be, the chilek cannot be talking about by the mema'enes where the item is intact. And either lace, now let's say we're talking about where the item is no longer intact. It means that the husband used it in such a way where it depleted it and there is zero residual, then So in such a case, really the svara should be that he would not have to pay in either case. So in Son Barzel, he could claim, listen, I have an obligation to give back Son Barzel under what circumstance? When I terminated. Either I terminate by dying or I terminated by divorcing her. But when she is pulling the plug... Why should I have responsibility of paying the Tzon Basel? And even the Nixay Malug, which he used 
illegally. He should not have used them. Even so, the Chachamim still understand he has a right to say, my intent was that if I ever terminate this, I would pay it back. But she's terminating it. Why should I have to pay it back? So to say that chilak of Shmuel between Nechzei Melug and Nechzei Sonbazel does not fit, says Rapapa, the case of Ma'enes. Let's go to the next one. So Moana says like this, Ella maybe, on the case of the islandness. What about the case of the islandness? So again, the Gemara says like this, the islandness herself is an Anusa. She doesn't know that she's an islandness. She becomes an I find out that later. So if the item, the asset is intact, she brought in either Tzon Barzel, or she brought in Niximaluk, there would be no Svara in the world to say that he cannot take it back. Now what about So therefore let's say it doesn't exist now. He depleted it completely. Now what would the Svara be? The Svara would be that she should be able to take that which is hers. That which is not hers she shouldn't be able to take. So let's identify this for a moment. What is considered her asset? Melug or Tzon Barzel? Incorrect. Tzon Barzel, as soon as it comes into marriage, it becomes the man's asset to do whatever he wants with it. The Melug, he has a right of use, of use of fruit to be rights to use, but it is considered to be her asset. So if anything, the opposite should be true. That if it's, if in, in the case where they don't exist, she should be able to claim what is hers. What is hers, she should be able to claim is the Melug. What is not hers is the Tzon Barzel. So in such a case, Enachinami, the man got stiffed because she's a, she is, but at the end of the day, give everyone what should be theirs, what should be hers. And Shmuel said exactly opposite. Shmuel said that she can take the Tzon Barzel, she can't take the Melug. It should be the, actually the opposite way around. So that doesn't make sense either. The Tzon Barzel right? is this thing that it remains, she gets back. If the marriage terminates in the normal manner. The marriage didn't terminate in the normal manner over here. So therefore the asset should remain under the control and jurisdiction of whose it is. It's his asset right now. Which always remained in her reshuz. So that is law. She should have a right to go after and claim it even if it doesn't exist anymore. Especially since the husband should not have depleted it. In the case of Barzel, which is not in her reshuz. It's his reshuz. These circumstances that this marriage is being annulled, it's being terminated, so therefore he should be able to hold on to that which was in his rishus. Like lace law. And Shmuel said, ex- you're going to make a chilik, says the Gemara, the chilik should have been the other way around. Ella, maybe it goes on the case of Shnir. Now let's understand what's going on in the case of Shnir. So therefore, it's a woman that was ushered to marry the husband with an Isra Evadra Bonan. And we're saying over here again, because again, this is the way Rashi learns, because if the Begadim are Kaimi, the God, the Begadim are ex, in ex, uh, existence, and she brought them in, and they're there. There's no logic to say don't take them, right? So therefore, it must be talking about whether they're not there. All right. So now, when they're not there, so what's the pshat? So Mora's going to say that the Chachamim penalized both parties. So how did they penalize them? That which you think they should be able to get, the penalty is you can't get. So now, say Melug which is her asset, and since it's her asset, and the husband used them, that he shouldn't have used, in a way he shouldn't use them, so logically you would say, she should be able to get it. The penalty is on her, 
can't get it. Next, it's on Barzel, which is the husband's right to use, and it's the husband's asset. Not only right, it's the husband's asset. So technically, you would think that since it's next to Tom Barzel, he should not have to give it back. They penalized him for getting into this prohibited marriage, and he does have to give it back. So the logic of what you should have done, the penalty goes against that logic, and that's why next time look, you turn over next to Tom Barzel. Uh, uh, I mean, next time, yeah, next time look, you keep. He keeps. He doesn't turn it over next to Tom Barzel. He doesn't keep. He has to give over. That's the way the Gemara explains it. Now, says the Gemara like this, is that as I explained to begin with, this whole explanation of the Gemara came out was predicated on the fact that she has a right, she should have a right to go after the husband for the usage of the Nuxim Alug. Now, Lechore, the husband has a right to use Nuxim Alug. So it must be that clothing is in violation of his right. Why? Because we don't look at the usage of clothing as a use of, 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 of payrolls. That's actually a depletion of Karen. That's why it's in violation. So when it says like this, that we I can understand from the rulings of Rav Kahana that he just said now, is that Lechora, what does he hold? That Ayla Le Galima, that if she brings clothing into a marriage, uh, right, Kaunahave, we view it, won't use it as payros. The usage of it is considered to be keren. He has no right to use it to the point that it is considered to be, that it's going to deteriorate and no longer exist. What should he do with it? Rishonim speak out. What he should do with it is sell it and buy an asset and invest it in land or whatever it is that he can use the payros. Says the Gemara, did Rav, Ka- Rav Kahana really say that? I, but I'm a Rav Nachman, pay Rahave. Rav Nachman said that usage of clothing is considered to be an example of payros. So Gemara says, Rav Nachman, Pligo. Rav Nachman would disagree with everything we just said. And, and in fact, according to Rav Nachman, he disagrees. He would learn that the case in our Mishnah, when it says that she loses the blows, is talking about Nechse Tzon Barzel and not Nechse Malug. It's talking about Nechse Tzon Barzel, not Nechse Malug. That's how Rav Kahana would have to to, to learn that because it, in, in terms of knas it would be no knas there's no knas she, shouldn't, she doesn't have a right to collect that nixemelug because according to Nachman his usage of it even to the point where it became depleted was by right his use it can't be so it must be not talking about nixemelug it's talking about nixemelug barzo okay so let's go weiter I, I, and now it says like this that the Mamaenes and Shnein Islandness ain't lahen ksuva so Shmuel says a very important point over here. Remember, we've talked about that the, the rabbinical institution, whether it's based on the Torah or not based on the Torah, of giving a base ksuva is a mana for an almana and masayim for, uh, for, for a besula. However, there are people that, and, and, and what generates this, says the Gemara, is chibas bia. That because the man is going to be intimate with the woman, as a way of showing his affection for the intimacy with her, he adds a, what's called a tosefes ksuva. He puts in more money into the ksuva. So a ksuva of 200 could be a ksuva of, of, of 10,000 because of this uh, concept of Sefes Ksuva. Shmuel is going to say a very interesting Chiddush here, is that when the Mishnah says that these three women were penalized and they don't collect their Ksuva, it's only on the Monomasayim. But on the additional obligation that the husband made because of the Chibas Bia, which happened, the Tosefes, they still have a right to. They still have a right to collect the Tosefes. 
Alright? So it says my like this. So let's see. So Amrish Moloshana Ella Mono Masayim. Aval Tosefes Yeshlahen. They do collect the Tosefes. Tanya Namiachi Noshim Shamrucha Chomim. Eilaim Ksuva. Kegoy Namima Enes. Vahabrasel. Mama Enes. And the group, those group that we said, the Eilis, the Shneer. Eilahen. Only Mono Masayim. Aval Tosefes Yeshlahen. However, those group of women that we learned earlier in the Masechta, the Noshim Shamrucha Chomim Yotas below Ksuva. There are certain women that do certain violations. That they lose their ksuva. A woman that feeds her husband non-kosher. Or a woman that we had a situation where they in certain violations. Mm-hmm. And those women, those and those examples that were with them. The ones that has nadarim, the one that has mumim. Those, when it says ain't ksuva, it means the tosephus and kosher cane. It means the monomasayim. Alright? So, ain't lahen to sephes a kosher cane, and they don't have monomasayim. What about a yotas mishum shemra? If there's been substantiated rumors that this woman has been involved in an illicit affair, in a, in a relationship that would disqualify to the husband, because of that the husband has to divorce her, so in those case, moti shemra, no telus mashla for now. The only thing she's allowed to take is a nixamalug. The nixamalug that is still intact, which is in her, under her jurisdiction, she can take that and leave. Everything else, she has no right to. So now tell us, says the more like this. So basically, that's the Chiddush of Rav and Shmuel. And that, that in our Mishnah, when it says that she doesn't have a ksuva, though, that, that, but that's only Manama Saim, not the Tosefes. The Tosefes she would get. Says the Gemara that this din that we just said that a woman that was mazan, that was, was a shmua, that she's mazana, and you had a divorce because of that, she doesn't get anything except for the maznixamalug that are still intact. Mestayla Ravuna, Dam Ravuna. Zinsa, lo hivsida blaseh kayomin. A woman that was mazana does not lose those blows, those things from the nixamalug, the, the remnants that are still intact from the nixamalug, she has a right to take with her. That's, but everything else she loses. Tani Tani Kameid Rav Nachman. There was a reciter of Bryce's saying over the following Brysa in front of Rav Nachman. And he said over, it's actually, we're going to see, it's two parts to the Brysa, but he never said the second part, he only said the first part. What did the first part say? It says, Zin saw, he said, that a woman that was Mazana, that the rumor is that she had relations, because of that you had a divorce her, she loses even... Even the remnants that are intact, even the nixamaluk, she loses. So I'm a lay, so Nachman said that's not correct. Im hizinso, if she was mazana, kelea mizana, was her clothing mazana? And therefore, what are you punishing the clothing for? She should have a right to take the vessels, the clothing, the nixamaluk that are intact, she should be able to take. And therefore, he said to me, correct the bride, said to say, lo hivsida blosea kayamin, that she does not lose the blows kayamin. So one is going to say, really, it's not a mistake. Mistake. It's actually the problem was that the Tana, the one who's side of the Brises, only said the first part of the Brisa. He never said the Chachamim's opinion. He said, "I'm a Rabbi Rachana, I'm Rabbi Yechanan. Zu Divrei, that's only Divrei Rabbi Nachum Stim To'a. Rabbi Nachum, the uh, anonymous one. He, a lot of his statements are made from Rabbi Nachum. He's the one that anonymous. Uh, he's the one who says that she loses even the Nifsim Aluk that are intact." 
Aval Chachamim Omerim, they can agree, they, 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 they say what Ravuna said before, is that Zinsa, lo hivsida blasea kayomim. So you don't have to make any amendments. It's, it's a dissenting opinion. The Chachamim Tanka don't hold like that. They hold lo hivsida blasea kayomim. All right. Why would it be such a question that you make the knas that you take away the, the remnants? I guess the Gemara felt that you're knasing her enough. You're knasing her on everything else. What she still has, the clothing and anything that's still intact, that's next to Malug, the Maisa, that there's no reason to take away from them. It says more vaiter. So it says, Imitrilanoso, that it says that a uh, woman that is an islandist, if you knew that she's an islandist to begin with, so there they made a distinction. If you don't know, she loses a ksuva. If you do know, she does not lose a ksuva. Alright? So I'm Ravuna, islandist, ki isha, and ain't a isha. An islandist is sometimes like a woman and sometimes she's not like a woman. Uh, almana, however, by an almana, she's always isha gmura. It's always considered like a complete, complete woman. What does that mean? So one of says like this. So islandish ishavena. Uh, what did it mean ishavena isha? Hikirbo. If you knew that she was an islandish going into the marriage, so yeah, she's like suva. Then she's like a regular woman. Means you get full. She gets a full suva. Lo hikirbo. But if you did not know that she was an islandish going in and only found that out, then she's not like a regular woman. What does it mean she's not like a regular woman? She doesn't get uksuva. So ain't luksuva. By almana, it makes no difference, says, uh, 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 says Ravuna. Let's say a Kohen married a woman not knowing that she's an almana, and then he found out that she was. He said, it makes no difference. Whether he knew that she's almana going in, or he did not know that she's almana, either way, yeish luksuva, even though he's going to be forced to divorce her, she has a right to her ksuva. So therefore, let's see inside. So he says that almana, isha gemura, bein lo hikirba, yeish luksuva. Now the Mephoshim try to explain that. What's pshat taka? Why is it that by an almana, if it finds out he didn't realize, and I wouldn't have married her, and now, and now, it's, 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 uh, you, you, therefore I understand she doesn't get a ksuva, but Almana should say the same thing. A guy's a Kohen. Alright, he didn't know that she's an Almana, or, and there's a, it's a Kohen Godel. And he didn't know that she's an Almana. Now he finds out that she's an Almana. So there's two Swaras that are said. One Swara I said is like this. Is that a, 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 a island there's, there's a, na- a natural, uh, aversion that a man would have to marry a woman that's not really, like, doesn't have the capacity to be a real woman. And therefore, you can say is, this man, I know 100%, if he would have known that she was a, 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 a islandist, he would not have married her. Therefore, how can I make him have to pay the ksuba when we find out it was? However, you can't say that for sure. There are kohanim all over that marry almanas. Okay, they don't do the right thing. But there's no natural aversion based on her being a woman. That, so therefore, there you cannot say automatically, oh, he would never have given... So therefore, she has a right to ksuba either way. The other, there's another svara said that's brought down is that he should have done better legwork. You can't tell if a woman's an island. Is that something you can't find out? But you could find out if she's an almana. So it's more of a penalty on him for not doing the, his due diligence. Okay. But anyway, that is the way Rav Huna learns. Rav Yehuda Amar, Rav Yehuda disagrees. He says, Achazu, Achazu. Whether or not she's an islandist or an almana, Isha ve'ena Isha. The same thing of Isha ve'ena Isha applies. Which means, Hikir boy, if he knew beforehand, Yeish Loksuva, Loikir boy, if he did not know and it was popped on him that now she's an islandist or now that she's an almana, ain't luksuva. So, Mesevay, the one who wants to ask Akasha on Rav Huna from the following Brysa. Says in the Brysa, Kansa, the Kohen Godel married Becheska Shikain. He married her with the assumption that she was an almana. 
Alright. Then Nimta she came, and then what came out, that's what came out. She's an almana. But he knew beforehand. They let him know that she's an almana. Yesh Laksuva. That's the Brysa. Now what's the inference? What are you going to be medayik from this Brysa? That if he didn't know, then Lachara would mean, Ain Laksuva. Right? Lachara Hastama. Ain Laksuva. And therefore, that contradicts the opinion of Rav Huna. Because Rav Huna said, either way, she should collect it. What is he going to do with the diak of the Brysa? So he says like this, that Rav Huna also can read the Brysa, but he reads the diak differently. He reads the diak is like this, is low tamer. Don't read the diak. Right? All the Brysa said, if he knew beforehand, then, uh, then yesh Laksuva. Then you're making, and if he didn't know, he said, that's not the way to read it. You read it like this. Don't read it. Hastama, that if he never knew. Say the exact opposite. Let's say that they told him that she, that she said, she told him, he made it clear. He said, I don't want you to be an almana. And she said, I'm not almana. So he went in Becheskas that she's not an almana. Then ain't laksuva. But it be stama. Then yesh laksuva. So that's how Rav Huna will read it. So when it says like this, don't read it, lotem hastama, that a stam case will be ein laksuva. Ela ema, konza becheska, the deal is that if he married becheska, that he was insistent, she'ena kein, and she assured him, I'm not an Amona. And Nim says kein, that's the condition he made, then ein laksuva, but stama, Yesh Laksuva. Says the Gemara, that's a creative way to read it, but it's not a logical way to read it. Why? Because if that would be true, then what is the, first, what is the ruling of the Brysa? The ruling of the Brysa is if you went in knowing that she's not an Almana, knowing that she's an Almana, then you say Yesh Laksuva. The way it should have told you then, told the bigger Chiddush, should go, you'd say, if you went in Stam, you should say that yesh laksuva. That would be in the bigger chiddush, and then the diuk you could make. If you didn't know, then then it wouldn't even. There's no problem in the diuk. So if you're going to tell me the diuk the way you want to make it, then you're not telling us the bigger chiddush. The Tana should have said the bigger chiddush instead of creating a case that he went in becheskas that he knew. Tell us he went in becheskas stam. That's what it should have said. Therefore, the diuk is not going to. If it, the, the way you're learning it, the diuk is misleading. You wouldn't have been misleading. If it would have had it the way you say. So says the Gemara like this. So says the Gemara. No. So it's about Stam Amai. Then according to you, what's the case if it's a case of Stam? That Isla, that she does have a Ksuva. So Adatani, instead of teaching me the case of the of the Brisa, Becheska Shukain, that he went in knowing that she is an Almana, Venimsa Shukain, and you found out that she was an Almana, Yeshla Ksuva, that she has a Ksuva, Lashmina Stama. The Kiddush of the Brisa should have been a case of Stam. And then Kol Shukain, if you knew that she's an Almana, Yeshla Ksuva. So that's problem number one in the logic of the interpretation. Oh, but furthermore, even stronger is we have a second brisa. What does the second brisa say? Tani, tani we learned in a brisa. Konsa beyadua says beyadua. If you're married or knowing that she's an almana, and it came out that Chitaka was an almana, yeish laksuva. Continues the brisa. Konsa stam. You came. You're married without any knowledge. Ain laksuva, and you found out later on that she does not have laksuva. That's what Rav Yehuda said. So therefore, says the to Yuv Ravuna. This is a reputation of the opinion of Ravuna. Says the Gemara, why did Ravuna make such a mistake? Why did Ravuna think that the Chilak is only by Almana, but the, uh, is only by, uh, by an islandess, but there is no distinction by Almana? Why do you think that? He said, Our Mishnah made him make that mistake. Ravuna, Matnisin Because he read our Mishnah. Our Mishnah makes a distinction. It says like this. It says, 
in the Mishnah, we learned on, on, the, on the bottom of, 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 of Kuvam Beis, it says that an islandess, it says that Nasa L'Shem Islandess, it made a difference that a case of islandess Tam and Nasa L'Shem Islandess. It never made that distinction by Almana. All it said by Almana, if you married Almana, Yesh Suva. So he thought to himself, why did it make the Chiluk by islandess? It never made that Chiluk in the Mishnah by Almana. It must be that Chiluk only applies by islandess. The Chiluk doesn't apply by, 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 but the mistake he made is that the ton of the Mishnah felt once I'm showing you that chiluk by islandess, you should use that information and apply it also to the case of Almana. That was the mistake here. So it says in well, Ravuna that Ravuna was misled by our Mishnah. And the Mishnah made him make a mistake. He thought that since the distinction is made by islandess, and there was no distinction made in the case of Almana. That implies that Almana, even when he doesn't know, is Nami Islo Ksuva, she has the Ksuva. But no, Nami Islo. But Lohi, but that was a mistake. Because Kiktani Law, the Almano, that because the Tana who wrote the Allah of Almano, looked at the islandist card. He was relying on the distinction that you made by the islandist. The distinction by islandist is the difference between what you knew and you didn't know would apply also to Almano as well. Hadronalach Almano Nizonus, Hadronalach Almano Nizonus, Hadronalach Almano Nizonus. Yeah, Ravuna thought that it was the logic of 